Thank you, Pastor Derek. I love our pastor, boy. Y'all don't know, but Pastor Derek is funny. Y'all, y'all don't see it up here in that suit and all business, but he can give it. That, that man is funny. So get him, get him take you to dinner one day or lunch and, and really get him to relax and take his suit coat off. And yeah, he's funny, boy. He, I love Pastor Derek. I just want to say real quick, I want to take a little bit of liberty just because I have the microphone and you don't. Um, just to say happy Mother's Day to my mama. I am an A number one mama's boy. You guys have heard me say that before. I love my mama. Uh, she is my, she is my everything. She is, she taught me how to be the man I am today. My, my daddy, I love him to death too, but he worked really hard growing up providing for our family. He was on the road in a truck, driving a truck all the way across the country every week. So literally it was like my mom was a single mother. Because my dad was gone all week. He might have been home a day and a half every week. So, uh, man, I just want to say I love you, Mama. Uh, I know she'll be watching this either live right now or later on in the archives because she's proud of her baby boy. And so I just wanted to, I wanted to say that. So thank you guys for sitting in on that this morning. Uh, so, um, today we're going to continue our messages, our series of messages on... Becoming a people who live by faith. And we're in this book called the book of James. And I don't know if you've read James or not, but sometimes I wish James would tell us how he really feels. James kind of is subtle. You got to really pay attention to pick up on the hints that are in James. And if you guys have read it, you know that that is absolutely 100% not the truth. James likes to speak in plain language. So today you're going to hear some things that are in plain language, which I love, because today we're going to talk about taming the tongue. You see, to be a people of faith, we have to learn to tame our tongue. Some of you guys are like, oh my goodness. Maybe I shouldn't have came to church this morning. I'm glad you're here. This message was for me just as much as it was for you. Because I'll be honest with you, I have a problem sometimes taming my tongue. I like to talk. I don't know if you've ever noticed that about me. I love to talk. I love to be funny. Sometimes I say things, my my wife tells me I don't have a filter. Like, I think it, and most people who are like grown adults, they think it, and then they have a filter, and it never comes out of here because it gets stuck in the filter, right? Not me. Not most of the time. I think it, and I say it, and then I process, I probably should have said that. Am I the only one that does that in this room? Like, am I the only one? Thank you. Thank you. Amen. Thank you. I see that hand. I see that hand. Old Methodist. I see that hand. But I'm that way sometimes. So, so when, I, when, I, when I studied this message and I, and I dug into it, I just tell you it was convicting to me too. So I want to I do something this morning that we don't typically do here at Christ Community, but I want to I spend some time just reflecting and reading a bunch of scriptures. 
And yes, every Sunday we have scripture, and the, and, the, and the message is based off the scripture, and we and we talk about the scripture. We're a very biblical church, but we don't typically read this much scripture on a Sunday morning. And what I want to do here, this is a little different, and some of you it's going to feel weird. Some of you guys is going to feel right at home, but some of you it's going to feel weird. I'm going to read some scripture, and I just want you to reflect and listen and allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you this morning through the scripture. And if you got your Bibles, you can turn to these scriptures with me. You can join and read and follow along with me. If you have your, your phones, your iPads, whatever, break out your digital Bible, your YouTube version app, whatever you got, just break it out. And, and we're going to read some scripture together. The first one is found in James 1, 26 and 27. James 1, 26 and 27. It says this. If you claim to be religious, but don't control your tongue, you are fooling yourself, and your religion is worthless. Pure and genuine religion in the sight of God the Father means caring for orphans and widows in their distress and refusing to let the world corrupt you. Second set of scriptures in James 3, 1 through 12, it says this. Dear brothers and sisters, not many of you should become teachers in the church, for we who teach will be judged more strictly. Indeed, we all make many mistakes, for if we could control our tongues, we would be perfect and could also control ourselves in every other way. We can make a large horse go wherever we want by the means of a small bit in its mouth. And a small rudder makes a huge ship turn wherever the pilot chooses to go, even though the winds are strong. In the same way, the tongue is a small thing that makes grand speeches. But a tiny spark can set a great forest on fire, and the tongue is a flaming fire. It is a whole world of wickedness. Corrupting our entire body. I can set the whole life on fire, for it is set afire by hell itself. People can tame all kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and fish, but no one can tame the tongue. It is as restless and evil, full of deadly poison. Sometimes it praises our Lord the Father, and sometimes it curses those who have been made in the image of God. And so blessing and cursing come pouring out of the same mouth. Surely, my brothers and sisters, this is not right. Does a spring of water bubble out of both fresh and bitter water? Does a fig tree produce olives, a grapevine produce figs? No. And you can't draw fresh water from a salty spring. The next one is James 4, 11 through 17. James 4, 11 through 17. Don't speak evil against each other, dear brothers and sisters. 
If you criticize and judge each other, then you are criticizing and judging God's law. But your job is to obey the law, not to judge whether it applies to you. God alone who gave the law is the judge. He alone has the power to save or to destroy. So what right do you have to judge your neighbor? Look here, you who say today or tomorrow we are going to a certain town and we'll stay there a year. We will do business there and make a profit. How do you know what your life will be like tomorrow? Your life is like that of a morning fog. It is here for a little while, then gone. What you ought to say is, if the Lord wants us to, we will live and we will do this or we will do that. Otherwise, you are boasting about your own pretentious plans and all such boasting is evil. Remember, it is sin to know what you ought to do and then not to do it. The last set of scriptures I'm going to read out loud is found in the book of Matthew. Matthew 15. Starting with verse 1. Going through verse 11. Matthew 15. Starting with verse 1. Some Pharisees and teachers of the religious law now arrived from Jerusalem to see Jesus. They ask him, why do your disciples disobey your age-old tradition? For they ignore the tradition of ceremonially washing their hands before they eat. Jesus replied, and why do you, by your traditions, violate the direct commandments of God? For instance, God says, honor your father and mother, and anyone who speaks disrespectfully of father or mother must be put to death. But you say... It is all right for people to say to their parents, sorry, I can't help you, for I have vowed to give to God what I would have given to you. In this way, you, don't, you say that you don't need to honor their parents. And so you cancel the word of God for the sake of your own tradition, you hypocrites. Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you, for he wrote, these people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Their worship is a farce, for they teach man-made ideas as commands from God. Then Jesus called to the crowd to come and hear. Listen, he said, and try to understand. It is not what goes into your mouth that defiles you. You are defiled by the words that come out of your mouth. Father God, I just pray right now. Your, your word is living, it's breathing. It's sharper than any double-edged sword, Father God. It cuts through bone and marrow. It cuts through all of our presuppositions and our traditions and the things that we think we know, the things that we've been taught. Through your word and through the transforming power of the Holy Spirit, Father, I pray right now that your word speaks to us this morning on how to tame our tongue. 
in a world today so desperately seeking a voice that they take sides and they talk about all kinds of things that we shouldn't even address in, in a public forum. And Father, I just pray right now that you'd, you'd come into this place through the power of your Holy Spirit. Because without you, we can do nothing. But with you, all things are possible. Speak now, Holy Spirit, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Church, there are a lot more scriptures I could read. I mean, there, there are numerous. I just, uh, Proverbs 10, 19, Proverbs 18, 21, 1 Peter 3, 10, Colossians 4, 6, Ephesians 4, 29, Matthew 5, 15, 11, Psalms 14, 141, 3. There's a ton of scriptures out there. The whole book of Proverbs is full of things that talk about how we're supposed to control our tongue and our speech. You see, when I was growing up, cursing was very common in our household. It was like second language to everyone who grew up in my household. And so I, when I got into my teenage years, it was easy for me to use those words. But, but I knew something deep inside of me was saying, these are not the words you should be using. You're only using these words because it makes you fit into a certain part of the, of the culture. And so, and so I learned through the power of the Holy Spirit. This wasn't something that came on me on my own knowledge. I learned through the power of the Holy Spirit that my speech, the words that I speak, had power. And my mama taught me, she said, if you don't have anything good to say, then don't say nothing at all. Right? How many of us today have forgotten that? piece of wisdom from our mamas because the tongue has power you see when I got to college I went to college in 1997 Indiana Western University it's a Christian it's a Christian college I went to college straight out of the military. I got out of the military in in, uh, July of 97. I went to a Christian college in September of 97. And so when I got to the Christian university, I don't know if you guys have been around military bases lately, but let's just say that we speak differently on the military base. And I got to this Christian college and I still had this thing deep down inside of me that was, that was inbred from my, from my teenage years to my military years. And I got to college and I still used language and I spoke in such a tone and such a, such a way that was not acceptable in all, society, all social circles. And so I remember I had a mentor of mine and he said, he told me this, he said, man, listen, I know those are common words for you, and it's okay. I mean, I'm not trying to condemn you, he said, but here's what I want you to do. There are 31 Proverbs in the book of Proverbs. He said, I want you to go read one every day for the next three months. And I want you to highlight every section of Proverbs that has something to do with the tongue, with your speech. And you know, I've begun to see where God wanted my speech, not just my actions, not just my thoughts, but also my speech to honor him. 
And so sometimes the things that I would say were not honoring God. And listen, church, we got to understand something. It's not just the things you say. It's, the, it's who you're saying them to. Do you realize that everyone who has ever been created is created in the image of the living God? And the way we address them, the way we speak to them, the way we speak about them is, is speaking to a person that is made in the image of the living God. I don't know that that's honoring God by the way we speak. We got this new thing in culture. It's been around for a little while, but social media. So I don't think it's not just, it's not just the way we speak, but what you post, how you respond, what you look like, your, your, your nonverbal cues, your eye roll emoji, if you will. All of those things matter when dealing with other people who are created in the image of God. But Pastor Mike, you don't understand. I don't agree with anything they say. That's okay. We're going to get to that here in a second. Here's what I don't want to do. Here's what I don't want to do. I don't want to spend time today discussing and debating what is a sin. Like a lot of times we get caught up in these lists, like, is cursing a sin, Pastor Mike? It'd be easy for us to get up here and talk about, well, cursing is sin, cursing is not a sin. What does that mean? Different languages, people have different dialects. What do we do with different words that come from different parts of the world? These are questions I get all the time from teenagers. What about, what, what about the fact that Pastor Mike one day when he was preaching and talking about sheeps <laughs> cussed on the stage? Does that mean he had to get on his knees in the altar and pray for repentance before he went out and got hit by a bus or he was going to hell? Like, we could talk about all of this stuff. These are, these are common conversations that I have, and I know you guys do too with people who, who are not of God, people who are out there in the world who want to know about these things. So I don't want to get into whether cussing is a sin. What about unwholesome talk, Pastor Mike? What about people who talk unwholesomely? What am I supposed to do with that? Because the Bible is very clear that there are some things that are permissible, but not very beneficial. I don't really want to get into that. What about yelling and anger? Paul said you should never sin in your anger. So it's me yelling, getting upset, getting really adamant about something. Am I right? I don't really want to get into that. What about gossip? You know, the prayer circle where we get prayer requests can sometimes be a gossip circle. But I don't want to get into that. What about certain words? You know, Paul used some pretty harsh tone in some of his letters. Paul used some words that some, some scholars would even argue that they were curse words. If you look at Philippians 3 and 8 or 1 Corinthians 4 and 13, Paul uses the same word and that word literally means dung, which we know is another word for another word. You see, in my house, I remember my house growing up, we could curse all we wanted, but there were certain words that we couldn't say, which I didn't understand sometimes. Like, shut up. Shut up was not allowed in my house. Like, you weren't allowed to tell anybody to shut up. You said, shut up, boom, you got smacked in the back of the head. Stop telling people to shut up. What about dang? 
Some, some houses, I've been in houses before, they're like, you can't say dang. I've been in some houses, you can't say shoot, crap, suck. You know, all these words, some of those words just made y'all feel uncomfortable, right? Y'all are like, I cannot believe he just said that in church. And what about that one? I get this one all the time. Oh, you shouldn't cuss in church. Well, if you shouldn't cuss here, where, where should you cuss? But I don't want to talk about that. Here's what I do want to talk about this morning. I want to talk about this. You see, all those scriptures I read, I've read a ton of scriptures this week about the tongue. And I found four things, four ideas that come out of all of them. And those are the four things I want to talk about. Because it's not about a list. It's not about what is gray and where can I live really close to the middle where I'm not really sinning but I'm still kind of in the cool club with the kids that that I'm in the gray area it's not about that it's about these four things here it is and this is what this is what I want you to leave with this morning first one is this your tongue is tough to control Church, I I think we would do ourselves a disservice if we didn't really recognize this idea that the tongue is tough to control. This is the tongue, this little tiny thing in your mouth is, is one of those things. Yes, the idea starts up here, but your tongue is what has to form it into something to, to, to give it to someone, to, to be death or to be life and, and to speak powerfully. Your tongue has to do that. And it is so hard to control. Some of us more than others. Someone was like me with no filter. It's harder to control than others. You see, James even said it in James 3, 5, and 8. He says, in the same way the tongue is a small thing that makes grand speeches, but a tiny spark can set a great forest on fire. And among all the parts of the body, the tongue is a flaming fire. It is a whole world of wickedness, corrupting your entire body. It can set your whole life on fire, for it is set on fire by hell itself. People can tame all kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and fish, but no one can tame the tongue. It is restless and evil and full of deadly poison. You guys ever been in a a relationship friend, uh, somebody you were dating, somebody you've known for a long time, where you can say a hundred things that were awesome to them, but you say that one thing that cuts and you break that relationship. That's how much power is in the tongue. I know for me, it comes when I'm, I'm speaking to my wife She's my safety place. Like, she is my safe, my safe spot. You know, as a pastor, we, we get looked at a lot. We call it living in the fishbowl. Like, we live in this, this world where everybody looks. My favorite is when I'm in the grocery store, and I'm pushing my cart, and I see people from the church. The first thing they do is look at my grocery cart. <laughs> they want to make sure I don't got nothing bad in there. So that's kind of how we live. 
And so my wife is like my safety space. And we talk about this all the time, her and I do. But well, So sometimes I feel a little more free to say things to my wife that I wouldn't say to anybody else. And so this whole thing right here I've understood is that it is so tough for me to control my tongue around my wife. See, some of us got to realize some of those spaces in our life where it is tougher to control our tongue than it is with others. You see, here's what I've learned. You won't say certain language that you say to other people around your pastor. I get it all the time. I bowl pretty frequently and people ask me, why do you bowl? First of all, I like it. Second of all, there are a lot of lost people in the bowling alley. And I used to have this one guy, man, in Alabama. His name was Jamie. I'll never forget Jamie. I love Jamie to death, man. I built a relationship with him. And every time he'd come up to me, he'd say, Pastor, I'm sorry, man. Excuse my language. Some of us won't say certain things around certain people, but we'll say it to other people because the tongue is tough to tame. Second thing is this. Your speech is a tool. Your speech is a tool. Proverbs 18:21 says, "The tongue can bring death or life. Those who love to talk will reap the consequences." The second part of that scripture, those who love to talk will reap the consequences. It's talking about both sides of that coin. If you speak life, you will reap those consequences. If you speak death, you will reap those consequences. The tongue is a tool that can be used for good or bad. It can be used for life or death. The tongue has such power to speak to people. Guys, we live in a world where where everybody believes they have a voice. Social media has given everybody a microphone. Good, bad, ugly, whatever you want to call it, everybody has a microphone now. And so you got to understand, we need to understand as a church, I need to understand, we need to understand that the tongue is a tool. How we use it will speak either life or death into a culture that so sorely needs to hear about life. It's hard. But we can speak life or death. And yes, there are times, church, when we stand up for the oppressed. There are times when we got to get up and say, this is not right. I'm angry. We need to do something about this. Church, we need to stand up on a lot of things. And there are times when we should do that. But we got to realize the tongue is a tool that is either going to speak life or death. Third thing is your heart is where your speech originates from. You see, that's why I don't like lists. We can talk about them lists all day. We can talk about what is a sin, what's not a sin, what's unwholesome talk, what's wholesome talk. We can talk about where all of this stuff comes from, but the, the fact of the matter is, none of that matters if your heart is not in the right place. You see, I can say really nice things about people. If I'm doing them in a condescending way just to, for pity on somebody, then I'm in the wrong. 
You see, because your heart is where your speech originates. Jesus told the Pharisees that, he said, you brood of snakes, how could evil men like you speak what is good and right? For whatever is in your heart will determine what you say. A good person produces good things from a treasury of good of a good heart. And an evil person produces evil things from a treasury of an evil heart. And I tell you this, you must give an account on judgment day for every, and I love this word, idle word you speak. The words you say will either acquit you or condemn you. Jesus said that in Matthew 12, 34. And here's why, here's why I love that word idle. Because the word idle can mean two things. It can mean one, doing nothing, right? Like your car sits idle at a stop sign. It's not doing anything. The engine's on, but it's not going anywhere, right? Idle can also mean petty, frivolous, not worth anything. And Jesus is telling the Pharisees at that moment, what is in your heart can come out of your mouth. And he's saying, some of you guys will be judged one day on your idle words, either by the fact that you, did, you didn't say anything or that you said a bunch of petty stuff that didn't do good for anyone. That's the power of the tongue. So man, Pastor Mike, that is all hard stuff. My tongue is tough to control. My speech can be a tool to either bring life or bring death. And my heart is where it originates from. So what do I do with that? You see, your heart and your speech should line up. That's the fourth thing I learned in all those scriptures. Your heart and your speech should line up. James 3, 9 through 12 says, sometimes it praises our Lord the Father and sometimes it curses those who have made in the image of God. And so blessing and cursing come pouring out of the same mouth. Surely, my brothers and sisters, this is not right. Does a spring bubble up with both fresh and bitter water? Does a fig tree produce olives or a grapevine produce figs? No, you cannot draw fresh water from a salty spring. So your heart and your speech They have to line up. Let me read for you what it says in the book of James, chapter 3, starting at verse 17. It says this. But the wisdom from above is first of all pure. It is also peace-loving, gentle at all, all times, and willing to yield to others. It is full of mercy and good deeds. It shows no favoritism and is always sincere And those who are peacemakers will plant seeds of peace and reap a harvest of righteousness. Church, we have to learn that our heart and our speech lines up to be peacemakers. And the only way that happens, because it's tough, we cannot tame the tongue. The tongue is a tool that can speak life or death. This is all such, this is so much important stuff. What is in our heart comes out of our mouth. Our speech and our heart need to line up. How does that all happen? There's only one way it happens, church, and it's this. Through the power of the Holy Spirit. 
You see, the Holy Spirit sometimes gets a bad rap because either we use it totally for purity. We say, oh, the, the Holy Spirit is one of those things that keeps me pure from everything. So I should pull away from everything. I should, I should set myself apart from everything good in the world. And I, and I should only follow the Holy Spirit and stay over here out of everybody else's way. Or we say it's only built for power. And we say, oh, that's the scary part, right? That's the running around on top of the pews and, and speaking in languages we don't understand and, and people falling out and slain in the spirit. And sometimes people are saying, I'm handling snakes through the power of the Holy Spirit. I don't get that one at all. I don't even know the Holy Spirit can give me that power. Like, I don't like snakes at all. And so don't give me that one, Jesus, I promise. And so it's, but, but through all that is the power or the purity. Guess what, church? It's both and. We're to be set apart for the things of God. We're to be set apart in our speech because the tongue has power of life and death. But we're also to be set apart through the power of the Holy Spirit to give us things that we cannot do on our own. And to tame the tongue is one of those things you cannot do on your own. Church, you have to pray that the power of the Holy Spirit will make you into the person God wants you to be. Without that, we're just a bunch of people meeting on Sunday morning. So here's what I'm going to do this morning. Pastor Wayne's going to come back out and he's going to play. And this morning we're taking communion. And I know this message can be tough. This is hard stuff. You know, sometimes we can sit, and we could sit here in our chairs this morning and think, well, I spoke ill to my wife. I spoke ill to my son, my daughter. I spoke ill on social media last week. I don't know if I can do this, God. You're right, you can't. But the good news is, is he wants to empower you to speak life. There's a school in Harris County. I think it's called Pineville Elementary. Pineville Elementary this year is a, is a public school. Decided that they were going to have a theme song, and it was going to be Toby Max. Speak life. How powerful is that, church? That a public high school can get it. And we have the power of the Holy Spirit right now that can help us get it. Church, it's time to be set apart to do the things of God, to speak life and not death, to use your tongue as a powerful tool for for Christ and his church and to build people up and not tear them down. It's also time to be powered by the Holy Spirit to do things, to stand in the gap for injustice, oppression, the widow, the orphan. But we can only do that if we pray that that the power of the Holy Spirit would empower us. So it's two things this morning. If you, if you just need prayer, if you say, man, I, I need prayer, you can come down and get your, get your communion, your elements. You can come and kneel at the altar, and somebody will come and pray for you and with you. If you, just, if you say, man, I, I just want to use communion as, as my, my commitment that I'm renewing my commitment to Jesus and the power of the Holy Spirit to speak life, then do that this morning. If, if our communion servers could come forward, if, if some of our prayer team could come forward in the altar. You see, we practice open communion in the Free Methodist Church. It just means that you don't have to be a member of our church to partake in communion. You don't have to be a member of the Free Methodist Church to partake in communion. All you need to be is a professing believer in Jesus Christ. 
But Paul said we're not to enter into this lightly. He said that we should reflect. We should, we should ask God to, to look into our hearts where all of our speech comes out. Look into our hearts and see if it's clean before we take communion. So I, so I, I want to pray for us. And I want you to ask God to reveal in you if there's anything you need to repent before you come. And then use communion as an act of that repentance. And you'll come and you'll take the bread and you'll dip it into the juice and you'll eat or you can kneel and take or you can go back to your seat and take. You can take as a family. Any of that stuff is, is, is definitely acceptable here at Christ Community. And so the night he was to be, be betrayed, Jesus took the bread and he broke it. And he said, this is my body broken from, for you. Take and eat. And then he took the cup and he said, this is my blood shed for the remission of sin. He said, take and drink. And he said, whenever you do this from now on, do this in remembrance of me, remembrance of what Christ done for us. Because Jesus died and because Jesus ascended, we have the power of the Holy Spirit that can help us do things that we cannot do on our own. So church, will you stand with me this morning as we pray? And after the prayer, you're free to come and partake in the Lord's communion. Father God, I just thank you for your word. Father, this is tough. There's no condemnation from Christ, but there is conviction and redemption and there's wholeness, there's empowerment, there's being set free, Father God. I pray all of those things over every tongue in this place right now, Father. Help us to be the people of God who speak life. Father, I pray if there's any among us today that need to repent of that, that they would be able to do so, that the Holy Spirit would draw them near with a sweet, small voice and hug them and love on them, Father God, because that's what it's about. Father, we thank you for your brokenness. Thank you for your shed blood. Thank you for sending your son to die for our sin. Thank you for eternal life today. Father, we love you. In Jesus' name, amen. You may come.